With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. 
This is our World Series Game 3 recap, and a very happy recap indeed, as you can probably tell. I don't even know if you can hear me at this point, because I'm talking to my phone as we walk out to the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. With me for this recap is Greg Karam. Greg, how's it going? I'm doing real good, Jeff. I don't know how you're doing, but I'm doing real good. I'm doing okay. It was like the last few innings were weirdly calm. Oh, too calm. I mean, no, the perfect amount of calm, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was nice. You could sort of sit back, relax. I mean, where do you really want to start with this one? I guess we'll start with uh, the atmosphere going into the stadium. It seemed like everyone was up for it. It was nervous energy. Nervous, a lot of going. nervous energy. I did a shot of Jägermeister with Chris McChain at the Holiday Inn bar across the street. Yes. To calm myself down a little bit. And then uh, they got like a very, very Royals run in the first inning. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Syndergaard comes out and throws that high pitch, you know, that really got the crowd into it. And then a little, little dinky hit here, and then you're like, and they score a run, and you're like, okay, here come the Royals again. They're going to Royals us or whatever. So it was nerve-wracking in the beginning. And then David Wright. And then David Wright, which you can attest to, I was very in the moment for. <laughs> so for game one, I didn't, this didn't get mentioned in our last podcast. Uh, I was watching, of course, with Greg and Chris. Greg got very, very upset during the David Wright at bat against Ryan Madsen in X-ray innings. Just let's, maybe walk us through your thought process there a little bit. Well, look, I love David Wright. And so when he comes up in a big spot, I want him to succeed, like, you know, as much, I want, I'm afraid of him failing. It, like, it hurts me. It, like, it hurts me a lot because I love him. So that was a tough spot for me because it was a big, you know, it was a big spot and he didn't come through. So I'm rooting for him in this game. And it happened. Twice. Twice. Yes. <laughs> and that was a bomb from right and woke up the crowd. And, of course, he gave it right back with sort of the weird stuff in the, uh, in the third, and then right back with a Granderson home run after that. You really don't need me to tell you the play-by-play, but it's still kind of a little bit uh, crazy here. You probably find a spot somewhere where we can actually do this without uh, getting trampled by people going to the 7 train. I hope this is working. My phone just, like, went to sleep. But I think it keeps recording. I, it's, it's what it does. I do this regress. Um, all right. All right, that works. So. Well, look, it was, it was it got a little dicey there when they came back in the top of the second. They scored two more runs, okay? The crowd was like, oh, my God, here we go again, you know? And that lasted you know, about 10, 15 minutes until Granderson came up and sent a home run into uh, the Utley porch, if you want to call it that. I do not. In this particular moment, I do not <laughs> want to call it that. Well, we can rename it the Granderson porch or the Murphy porch, whatever we want to do, but... Uh, that made us feel good, and uh, it was easy. It was smooth sailing from there. So after that overall, Syndergaard pitched pretty well. He settled down. He got some swings and misses against the Royals roster that had been not doing that the first two games, certainly at all. Uh, so I'll take you to the sixth inning. Mets are clinging to a close game, close lead. Bases loaded. Some weird sequencing to. Perez and Gordon, they leave him in to face, well, they leave him in to face Gordon, for starters. Leave him in to face Perez. Alex Rios comes up. Well, yeah, Alex Rios comes up, and, he, and he's able to get out of the jam. But, like, he was, he was pitching around Gordon, at least we thought he was, to get to, to, get to Rios. But uh, then he got, he, what, did he strike him out? Ground uh, out? Ground out to shortstop. Ground out to shortstop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was this close one to Flores. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was a little dicey. I'm using that word too much, but, yeah, that was a nerve-wracking... We may have had a few beers inside the stadium. <laughs> yes, I can confirm. 
It was pretty much, I mean, it was after that, they had the big inning. Uh, Juan Uribe started off with the base hit off Franklin Morales. Frank, I don't know, why, why did Morales throw him a curve there? A guy that hasn't seen game action in a month, well, six weeks almost at this point, tries to, like, sort of sneak a little backdoor curve by him. Like, Uribe's going to hit that from a lefty. I, hey, look, it was, that was actually inning set up great for the Mets because they had um, started off with Darno. Pinch hit for Conforto with Lagares, and then they had Uribe lined up to pinch hit, and it, or Flores, Flores, and then Uribe. That was a perfect inning for the Mets, and it was a really bad move. I think it was a really bad move by Yost not taking out Morales to face Uribe, because I mean, I don't know. You, you take a guy who hasn't had an bat in a month and a half, and you throw a righty at him. You know, it could be a little bit more difficult for him, especially a righty like Calvin Herrera, who's warming up and throws a hundred. If this was a weird game, I mean, yeah, the idea to beat the Royals was they're going to have to get into that middle relief, which they did, but they burned Danny Duffy for one batter. Uh, they only used Hochever for one inning instead of using him for the bottom of the sixth, which set up nicely. I mean, yeah, it's Conforto, but he's still a, you know, a rookie that hasn't hit much in the playoffs, and you know, Hochever is a pretty good uh, reliever. And it's righties all around him. And then, yeah, you can have Franklin Morales ready for Granderson or something like that if it, if it gets that far. And then Pereira comes in too late. Uh, they use Chris Medlin in the ninth when you would think you would want him available for in long relief if Young gets hit early on short rest. It just it was odd managing on both sides. Like, yeah, I mean, Terry Collins burned his three best relievers, but you have to win the game. Yeah, I'm not going to get on Terry. I mean, you knew that he was going to do that. Yeah, I, I, like some people, Toby Hyde, were tweet, like trying to were tweeting out like, "Oh, what's the best way to get these next six out?" Like Colon and Gilbarton. I just tweeted back like, "J.R. Smiley is pitching in this game." Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> there's no question. I mean, we were thinking about it like, what would they do with like DeMar- Gilmartin or whatever? And it's just like, no, no, Terry's going to go to his guys because that's what he wants to do, and he really needed to win the game. And I, you know what? I'm not going to quibble with it because I wanted to win the game too, and that was the, probably the best way to go. And like, I don't. I don't think it's a bad psychological move. Let him face Gordon again. Get Gordon out. You know, let him get, him in, get him back on the horse coming off what happened in game one. It's not awful. And the guy can pitch three days in a row. It's not like they haven't right. rode him incredibly heavily in the playoffs. The stuff looked a little sharper to my eyes tonight than it has. The velocity is still not all the way back, but I thought in general the sinker was a little sharper. Yeah, and it's not going to affect the usage going forward because it's all hands on deck. I mean, these are all must-win games, and uh, I don't think that it's going to limit them going forward in you know, the next two games at all. So the Mets are obviously not the favorites still in the series. They're still down 2-1, but I don't, I'm feeling a little better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a must-win game. I mean, you can't. It, nobody's come back from 3-0 uh, in the World Series before, so you had a win tonight. And they did, so you go into tomorrow with the chance to even up the series, which sounded like, you know, very hopeful coming into tonight. So I'm feeling real good right now. And look, if they get it back to 2-2 and Mats against Young isn't the worst pitching matchup for them, all of a sudden, it's a best-of-three series. you got Harvey DeGrom and Syndergaard lined up. I would, that would make me feel very happy. Very happy. All right, we should probably catch one of these seven trains at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> all right, we'll be back tomorrow night with another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio.